Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Michael C. Bouchard, the host of Night Stalker Podcast. This is uh, season number three already. We are up to episode 298. Uh, we are in a different studio today. <clears throat> and today we're going to kind of go back to our normal uh, track of doing uh, unexplained disappearances, unsolved homicides, and other straight, strange things. You know, <clears throat> the 1970s was known for a lot of things. Um, and obviously I was alive during the 1970s. It was pretty, it was pretty, uh, pretty interesting period of time. It was neat, you know, uh, we weren't stressed out about what the government was doing. We weren't stressed out about cell phones. We weren't stressed, stressed out every time our cell phone went down or our you know, <clears throat> cable TV went down, which at that time only cable TV only had an A and a B button. It was $27.95 a month, and we could all afford it. Now the average bill is $200, and we're all going broke. So <clears throat> let's talk about some of the uh, serial killers of the uh, 1970s. The first and foremost, which always comes to our mind, is uh, Charlie Manson. Uh, it's interesting because Charlie Manson, believe it or not, uh, had never killed anybody. It was always his followers. And he had three followers. Um, they were found guilty of the murder of uh, actress, um, last name is Tate, the Biancas, and uh, four others uh, <clears throat> around surrounding the Hollywood area of California. Um, what had happened was he and the, uh, his other three uh, accomplices were eventually caught and given life. And actually, they were put, they were actually supposed to be, uh, they were all given the death penalty, but California uh, later abolished that and every sentence uh, was uh, reduced back to life. Uh, you know, that didn't stop Manson's uh, mayhem. His followers uh, believed in his helter-skelter uh, type of message. And basically what the helter-skelter <clears throat> kind of reverberated around was that in his, in his you know, mind, uh, he believed that if um, he could plan the murders on African-Americans, then it would have caused a civil uprising. And uh, <clears throat> eventually in the civil uprising, he would become the, the leader let's say, um, really kind of a preposterous idea. Uh, I mean, the guy was only five foot two, three. Why somebody didn't bitch slap him and knock him to the other side of the wall? Who the hell knows? If, if that was me, I would have whooped his ass and that would be the end of it. Uh, he did have this like really freaky um, follower. Her name was uh, Lynette uh, Fromm, but you probably know her better as uh, Lynette Squeaky Fromm. Uh, back in um, September 5th of 75, uh, she removed a 45 caliber handgun for, from her purse and attempted to assassinate uh, uh, President uh, Ford. The failed attempt, uh, the uh, New York Times wrote a, an article, I believe it was the girl who uh, almost killed Ford. Um, <clears throat> obviously, she didn't, wasn't successful. 
but that did um, <clears throat> what that did do was though it made the politicians aware that there were people out there for some reason that uh, may not have agreed with their uh, their visions and uh, wanted to kill them. So with that in mind, let's go to the next one, which is going to be the Zodiac Killer. The Zodiac Killer is kind of interesting because we, although he's put in here in the uh, 1970s uh, time frame, uh, it's believed that he began killing somewhere in the 1960s, I believe it is, in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, he had this thing about uh, writing these uh, crypto-encrypted and... Uh, other type of coded letters uh, that he says that he had uh, <clears throat> actually sent to the press. Uh, he wasn't officially identified, but he was also definitely a, a publicity seeker. Uh, in the letters, he admitted uh, the murders. He threatened uh, more killings and was believed to have uh, given hints uh, at his true name. I have never read any of these letters, but uh, I'll take that for what it's worth. Uh, he was. He killed at least five people during the late 60s. Um, <clears throat> he could be responsible for no more, but at this time, uh, he was never identified. And believe it or not, if he's still alive, he is still out there uh, walking around. Okay, so our next killer is uh, John Wayne Gacy. Uh, <clears throat> this guy was a real freak. Uh, he was responsible for, for the murder of uh, 33 uh, both teenage boys and young men. And what this freak used to do was, he, for some reason, he way he would lure them into the house, and he was uh, known for what he called a hand tr handcuff trick. He would get the uh, <clears throat> the victims uh, into the house and start showing them magic tricks. Um, and one of them was he put, would put handcuffs on himself. Obviously, he had a hidden key, and he would, you know fumbled around, and all of a sudden the handcuffs would come off. People were amazed. They wanted to know how he did it, so he told them, well, put the handcuffs on. After they, they did that, um, he would uh, sexually assault them, and strangle them, and then uh, dispose of the bodies. Uh, there were some that were actually uh, buried in the crawl space underneath his house. He spent 14 years on death row, and he was eventually executed on May 10th, 1994. Um, so you got to watch out, man. Somebody wants to, you to come into your house and you don't into their house and you don't know them, and they're going to show you some type of trick. Well, the only trick you better know is how to get the hell out of here as fast as you can. Okay, our next man of the year is uh, Ted uh, Ted Bundy. Um, Ted Bundy was a lot different than most of them. Uh, you know, he was a younger guy, uh, handsome, articulate, composed, former uh, law student. Um, he was basically indistinguishable from the normal person. Um, he was listed, though, as one of the worst serial killers uh, around. He had killed an estimated 36 women. Uh, spanning for over four years. He actually had uh, killed uh, two women uh, in the Psi Omega sorority in Tallahassee, Florida. He was sentenced to death, but before his execution in 89, he confessed to killing 36. But many believe that he was responsible for as many as 100 killings. Um, what makes somebody like that snap? I don't know. 
Um, it's kind of hard to put your finger on it, but, uh, you know, he was definitely a loose cannon. And, uh, you know, you know, like, like they say here in Connecticut, and, you know, they're always wondering in Connecticut, they're always arguing about the death penalty. Well, you know what? The death penalty doesn't work because we don't use it. In this case with, uh, you know, uh, Gacy and um, Ted Bundy, apparently it did work. Okay, and now we have the uh, David Berkowitz, or better known as the Son of Sam. Uh, he went on a killing spree, I believe it was April of uh, 1977, or somewhere close to that, known as the Son of Sam. Uh, <clears throat> actually, I think it was in 76, the summer of 76. Um, he killed six people, wounded seven, using a 44 caliber handgun. Uh, the murder weapon was uh, the main link police uh, had for the uh, killings. Um, he left a letter, actually, near the scene of the crime. The letter is the first time Berkowitz used the name Son of Sam. Uh, he wrote letters as the Son of Sam, taunting police about future murders and followed, uh, followed that summer. Victims were usually a young woman with long, dark hair. Um, this caused a panic in New York City, um, like one would expect. Uh, a lot of younger ladies uh, decided that they were going to take uh, self-defense classes, this and that. Terrified parents in the area now insisted that their daughters, uh, who were wearing long hair, bleach it or have it cut. Um, you know, so... Berkowitz was arrested on August 10th, 77, on a sentence of six life sentences. And the interesting thing about that, I believe if I'm right, the, the reason Berkowitz was arrested was because there was an accidental discharge of a firearm in his apartment. And I believe in that accidental discharge, either he or his sister were, were shot in the ass. So what does that tell you? I don't know, but I wouldn't want to get shot in the ass either. And then we have the uh, Hillside Strangler. Um, this was kind of occurring around the same time that the uh, New York was experiencing the uh, Son of Sam issue. This this one all the, occurred in Los Angeles from October 77 to uh, February of 78. Uh, ten uh, bodies of women were found in the hilly areas above the city with no leads. The media began attributing the victims. They, could, they called him the Hillside Strangler. Um... He was eventually arrested. Uh, he was arrested in... I'm trying to figure... Uh, his name was Kenneth Bianchi. Arrested in the killing of two uh, women in Washington State that he confessed to. He also confessed to the murders of the uh, females uh, in the Los Angeles uh, area. Uh... He died of a heart attack in 2002, and really interesting, it, it, in one of the articles I read, it said uh, he died in from a heart attack in 2002, Bianchi remains in prison. Well, if he's dead, I hope he's still not in prison. I mean, that just is, would be a little messed up, even from somebody like me, but maybe he is dead in prison, who the hell knows. And last but not least is the uh, Jimmy Jones uh, the founder of the uh, People's Temple Religious Movement. Uh, they had approximately about 900 people. 
that that drank a uh, cyanide laced Kool Aid uh, in Guyana. It was interesting though because prior to this, everybody drinking this uh, drink, people were attempting to get out of the place. Uh, there was a small. They were next to a sm small airport, and he actually had shot and killed two journalists. Um, shot and killed numerous uh, other people. He shot a state had a state senator shot forty one times, uh, and this is the type of these you know uh, dysfunctional shits that you know. Listen, if somebody tries to get you to go into a cult or some type of weird group. Rule number one, you never go into those. One, because there's more criminal activity going on in uh, religious cults than there are probably in most of the prisons. Um, people that want to meditate, bad meditation is when you let everything in your mind go. This is where they come in and they're subjective as far as brainwashing you. And if you argue, you're even a better candidate because it's easier to brainwash somebody that wants to, that wants to argue a point. Um, you know, the Jonestown uh, cult, because it was in, you know, that's where he ended up, these people ended up drinking the um, Kool-Aid, the Jonestown, uh, Guyana. Um, you know, th this is what happens. You know, I wrote a book um, about a year ago. It's called The Connecticut Cult, uh, The Broken Cross. Um, I would suggest if you have time, get a copy and read it. It kind of goes over uh, a lot of things about religious cults and um, <clears throat> the, your best interest that they're not really looking out for. So until then, this is Michael C. Bouchard, host of Night Starter Podcast, Season 3, Episode 200, and it's either 68, 78, or 98. I'm not sure right now because I'm in a different studio and I have no way of looking up any of my information. So... Well, you have to know it's on the 8, <laughs> somewhere on the 8. I think it's 68. I think it's 268. I could be wrong, but I think that sounds right. Until next time, I am Michael C. Bouchard, host of Night Stalker Podcast. We're going to do 269 right after this because I have I have my, my good friend Micah Hanks who has does the Micah Hanks show. I need to chew him out for never calling me back. Uh, we've done a lot of podcasts together, but he... He's getting exceptionally busy with his uh, writing and all kind of stuff like that, but uh, he needs a good ass chewing, so I'm going to do that next episode. I'm going to dedicate his ass chewing right to this, that episode.